0: Hi and welcome to the Turning 30 podcast, where each episode I host a different guest and we talk openly and honestly about what it's really like to turn 30. This is a collection of real-life stories from real people discussing the ups and downs of adulthood, a chance to learn more about growing up, the good times, the not-so-good times and all of the lessons we learn in between. Today's episode is all about turning 30 and getting shit done with one of my oldest and most inspirational friends, Vicky Louise. Vicky is a life coach and helps ambitious overachievers manage their anxiety and procrastination. She has a no-bullshit approach, learning neuroscience, evolutionary biology, life coaching tools and tough love that teach people to understand their brain, rewire their thinking and feel empowered to get things done. Vicky graduated from the London School of Economics and hosts the Fuck Anxiety and Get Shit Done podcast. She loves relocating and has lived on three continents in the last 12 months. Vick has such an interesting story after she made so many exciting life choices in her 20s and I'm especially excited about this episode as Vick shares her passion for managing anxiety with us and gives some practical tools for how you can do this too. Hi Vicky and welcome to the Turning 30 podcast. Hi Emma, thanks so much for having me, so happy to be here. And I'm happy that you're here. Um, Vick's a bit of a podcast guru, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know would say guru, but yeah, it's been over a year since I've been doing my podcast,
0: so. Wow, I can't believe yeah. it's been a year. I feel like really recently we spoke about you doing it and then you launched it and it's been a whole year.
1: Yeah, so for everyone listening, when I decided I wanted to do a podcast, I actually came to Emma and another friend and said like, we should all do it together. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are a year later with my podcast up and running and doing really well and now you're doing yours. I think it's so cool.
0: Yeah it is. Um, Great so we're here today to talk about turning 30 and getting shit done which is your coaching business.
1: Right and half of my podcast. My podcast is fuck anxiety and get shit done. Yeah. So I think I am an example of that.
0: So uh, for all those listening um, Vic and I have actually been uh talking about the meaning of life and growing up and uh transitions and uh lots more since we were around 13 14 that was I think the time that we fell in love with each other right I was gonna say also things like dating and what should we wear and
1: like what, where should we go oh that summer we went like clubbing every night like whoo we oh, were 16 uh, yeah. yeah we've
0: and a lot. Yeah, we really, really have. Um, but I think that the thing that actually molded our friendship and maybe made it a bit different to other like teenage friendships was that we talked about boys and dating and going out and clubbing and we definitely got up to some trouble when we were in our teenage years. We always used to have this kind of deeper side where we would really talk about the future and what was going to happen and lots of other things that maybe I didn't speak about with other people so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know we both always speak about that memory we have, I think we was like eighteen, nineteen, something like that, under the stars, like at, at like a point in our lives and just like, so like thoughtful about like the future and what was ahead and yeah, all deep and meaningful conversations about life and purpose and all the good stuff, before it was fashionable.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then let's flash forward however many years, 20 years, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we both ended up as life coaches, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think it's so interesting how we actually both ended up in corporate. That's the interesting trend. And then, and I'm sure I'll speak about this today, but we ended up in corporate. We were good girls. We were intelligent. And we got told that there were like three careers that you could have if you're intelligent and ambitious. And we're both ambitious as well. And we did those things. And then like as you get older and you start to make decisions for yourself... I think, had I known this career existed, like I'm living my dream career. Why why did I not know that this was an option? Had we known it was an option to like talk to people and help people and like inspire people and you know, I call it get people, like stop believing their own bullshit. Like all this stuff like really motivate and encourage other people to show up in the world as their best selves. Like a million percent knowing both of us back then, we would have been like, yeah, we're going to do that career.
0: A hundred percent. Having said that, I am so happy for you knowing everything you've been through in the past however many years of your career and also what I've been through in my career that we did the corporate thing and that we did all of the different, I want to say failures, but they they are failures, but then they became positive things because we learned from them but we took all these different twists and turns in our career to bring us to where we are now because now we can help people with such a different mindset and mentality based on everything we've been through for the past however many many years yeah so like I, I think
1: it was like around 23 or 24 I made this decision that was like I'm just gonna fuck up all my 20s I'm just, I'm just like I remember you know I would change jobs less than a year if i had been there and people would say to me oh you should be there two and a half years and I was like no I think I'm just wanna I'm just willing to make all the mistakes in my 20s so when I get to 30 I know what I want to do and everyone listening like I made mistakes like I'm not sitting here I'm sitting here on a massive pile of failures that most people avoid doing I mean like flying out to New York and then getting fired I mean like starting a job and hating it. I mean working seven day weeks until ten PM, doing exams and different certifications and track like all the shit. <laughs> and um and I really did that. And now what's interesting for this podcast and what you're doing is I really believed like once I turned 30, I would take all my failures and then everything would just be perfect. And I was like, now I'm ready to just like blow up and excel. <laughs> Versus like, oh, I'm gonna continue to fail. Like, obviously.
0: No, I love that. And I love how you said that you actually on purpose said to yourself like in your early 20s like I'm just gonna make loads of mistakes uh, yeah. was it something that you were aware of each time you were doing something or, or is that more in retrospect that you can see that
1: it wasn't that I was like this is gonna fuck up so let me do it but I was really willing to step outside the box I remember when I left my first finance job to go move to New York to work in tech and, like, half the people in my company were like, what are you doing? You are, like, on track. You are so young and so successful for where you are. You are literally passing up, like, a pile of success to go, like, live in New York and work in tech where you, like, you know, you've in finance, you've already got these amazing certifications behind you. It's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and I was just willing to be like, I, I'm just, like, on this path figuring out exactly what I want and if this ends up being wrong then it ends up being wrong and listen I ended up in a super aggressive sales role in in New York which was not what I wanted because you know my path to wanting to work with people my initial thing was like sales is the way to do it um and so yeah did did I go there thinking this is gonna fuck up (laughs) No. no and did it even fuck up not really but at the same time you know I was it what I wanted to do? No. It ended end up coming back and like panicking and then, you know, getting offered a job very quickly again back in finance it wasn't right for me and taking it. And, you know, all of these stories that I was just willing to take action versus I think a lot of the times we sit on the fence of, I don't know if I want to change jobs or not. I don't know if I want to launch my business or not. I don't know if I want to take this certification or not. And we sit on the I don't know. Store for yeah. six years until our confidence is hammered and we're like well now I should probably stay safe and you know just stay where I am and in the industry that I'm already known in whereas I I was the opposite of that.
0: Yeah I was just going to say I think there were kind of maybe two types there's, there's lots of different types but there's two different categories of people in their 20s they're the ones who are more reserved and probably start off on a career path and maybe get a little bit stuck or don't even ask the questions and they just float along and then I often find with my clients that as they're turning 30 those bigger questions come up because they've lived a safe life at 20 or there's people who obviously you resonate more with uh, who take a lot of risks in their 20s and um, kind of get shit done which is really what you did Mm -hmm. is taking action and uh, we were speaking about this just before the podcast that something that I loved when I invited you to come on uh, the podcast is that I really could have asked you to do so many different categories because the way the podcast works is it's always turning 30 and a topic um, and for you i feel like in those in your late 20s you you could have been on the podcast of turning 30 and moving country turning 30 starting a relationship turning 30 and building your own business which isn't even your coaching business uh, a whole other business and uh, turning 30 and becoming a coach so we settled for turning 30 and getting shit done because you're going to also give the listeners some really useful tools um, for mm. you know how to stop procrastinating and really to start taking some action, um, mm. and I think that's where your passion lies now is helping people uh, do that. Um, but I think it was amazing to have a friend and and someone who is so you know so many different options of you coming as a guest on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's definitely fun to see. Like I say, I think even in my dating life, it's built on a pile of failures and upset and and my relocation. I mean, you know, as you know, we've just been told, my husband and I, that we're moving to South of France for his pilot school, which wasn't part of the plan. So it's like, it's not like all of these things are super like glamorous and fun and easy. Like We're, we're sharing this story with everyone today because... It's like built on a pile of failures. That's why I think, you know, the purpose behind this podcast is so great because I think when we were younger and we sat under those stars that night, we just wanted to speak to ourselves now and be like, just tell me it all works out. How does it all work out? And then I'll be okay. And so I guess this is kind of like a call out to, you know, our younger selves of it does work out, but just because it works out doesn't mean it's fun along the way. The whole time, it's plenty of fun, but, you know, it's also, I think... You know, one of the things is like, to become who you want to become, you have to let go of who you were. And that's a very uncomfortable process. And I would say that's what most people struggle in their twenties, because when you are in your twenties, I think of you as like, I think of me, I think of all of us as like baby adults. Like we're suddenly living by ourselves. We're suddenly, you know, making decisions and paying bills and like, you know, we're responsible for our careers. And we do spend that initial few years like doing what other people tell us still. And then it's like we have to grow out of that and realise that we're responsible adults. And I think, you know, by the time you're 30, you're kind of like ending your teenage adult years. Does that make sense? Like you're a baby adult and a teenage adult. And then now (laughs) I feel like I'm like, oh, now I'm like doing this adult thing. Got it. Perfect.
0: I love that. It's so true. And I feel like throughout your 20s, you do just evolve and become, you know, emotionally mature later on, but you navigate most of your 20s being emotionally immature, not in a negative way, but just in a way of, um, like you just said, um, not taking responsibility, or or for me, I think it was a lot um, of doing things for other people, doing things based oh. on what other people think rather than what I thought, but doing things because society told me I should do it. Society told me I should go and study law and be a lawyer, so that's why I did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you probably have that same perception of somebody who also, you know, graduated from an amazing university and then went on to get your finance and qualifications and and everything. And I think it's credit to both of us that we had the balls to cut that in our mid-20s when we went from being uh 20 what did you say a a baby adult to being a teenage adult I think our evolution was stopping to do things based on what people thought we should do or what we thought we should do and then we we broke away from that
1: we were rebel teenage adults yeah
0: we really (laughs) were we were
1: (laughs) Um, yeah and I think it you know, in one sense, it's easier the younger you do it because I have a few friends that, you know, the, t- the second time I was leaving finance, and I was like, you know, I'm going all in. I'm like, I know this isn't the career for me. There was a handful of people in my life that were like, yeah, me too. I'm just gonna, you know, one more year, one more bonus, and you know, here we are, like five years later, and they're still in it because every year it gets harder and harder. So if you are, if we're joking about this, and you're like, this is really hard and this you know they're making it sound so easy like it's not supposed to be easy and give yourself credit like the longer you are in the safety zone the more your brain wants to stay
0: there why do you think it was so easy for you no it wasn't easy but why do you think that you were so able to make those big decisions like getting up and quitting a job moving country quitting coming back moving again like what What do you think that you had in your 20s to enable you to do all of these big decisions?
1: Well, I think, so it's so interesting because I think I did like everything right, even in my teenage years, in terms of like, I had the boyfriend, I got the good grades. Like, I was just like living, I really saw myself like, oh, I'm going to live in the same neighborhood we grew up in with my boyfriend and we're going to have babies. And that's like my whole life. And then when we broke up and when, even when I went to study in London University, all of our friends went to university together and I just like, went by myself and lived in a flat in (laughs) like not even in the student you know area and it was just like my first breakaway and I think that massively changed me and then after I finished university I decided that I really wanted to go to Australia as you know and it was petrifying it was the first time I mean I flew to the other world by myself (laughs) to the other side of the world by myself I remember landing and being like holy shit (laughs) um but I think like I was just young and stupid enough to, like, not really get the gravity of it. And, yeah, I think what it's like once you take one step, the second one is easier. And I just did it at a time when I was young enough. Like like I said, even going to university, I mean, you saw me at those times. It wasn't easy. I felt very, like, separated from everyone's experience. I really prioritised my education over, like, my life experience, which is why kind of after university I really prioritised my life experience over, like, the walls and you know like i felt like i'd done everything right i had a great resume and also i've always and i think like you like i i'm a hard worker like i just trust myself to do shit i'm like yeah so if i'm working for someone i'm going to do a good job like i'm not worried about um not doing a good job if anything like my tendency i've really been working on in recent years has been to overwork so really like putting gas on there especially when you come from corporate and it's kind of like encouraged I was like oh yeah let's continue overworking and you know working weekends and late nights and so on and then I also like overdid everything as you know I was also like drinking and out partying a lot like I really like did I really like lived I've got no regrets like I really you know burnt the candles at both ends I think I took responsibility or I was not forced to but I was in the place where I was responsible for my life at quite a young age because I went to live
0: in London at 18, 19 by myself. Yeah. No, I love that, that you just said about trusting yourself, um, because if you can pinpoint something about your 20s, is that you were able to make all these big decisions, which now, like in hindsight, seem so brave and so fearless, um, but I guess exactly I- <laughs> stupid? No, <laughs> you know, some might say, but think about where it's brought you today. Um, but like what when I say you know what what did you have that enabled you to do it and it's that you trusted yourself you were able to go to all these different places and do all these different things and start different jobs and you knew that whatever happened it would be okay because you had your own back
1: right even now I always think about it you know even with like the times that we're in and everything I'm like if I needed to get like I've never worried I'm like I can get a job and earn money if I need to I need to go work in a pub again like I did at university I'll go work in a pub again like I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty I trust myself I will always work to keep like a roof over my head that worry is like just gone.
0: And I think a lot of people who do maybe get stuck in corporate or in a job that they don't love need to foster this feeling of trusting themselves to know that whatever happens and whatever path that they take and whatever decision that they make that they'll make it work they can do it because everybody can
1: yeah, because the opposite can happen where people are like, I'm successful because of the job that I have versus I'm successful because of the person I am. And I'm, I mean, I, like, again, I think of a lot of my friends. I'm like, you're successful because you are smart, you are intelligent, you are hardworking. Like, the company you are working for is lucky to have you, not the other way around.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, so you are the same age as I am. So we are, uh, our <laughs> 33rd birthdays are looming um, lucky number. Yes, it is your lucky number. It's going to be a good year. Um, so my question for you is, it's been a few years since you turned 30, but do you remember how you felt about turning 30 at the time, you know, on the back of having, I guess, these crazy 20s where you really lived? Um, was it a symbolic time for you when it was your birthday?
1: For me, it was like a crescendo of, like, things slotting together. I remember my actual 30th birthday because it did me a surprise birthday and my parents were there and my brother and it was a really special I mean I'd never had anyone do anything like that for me before I was like I just it was like what is going on I mean I've been single for like six years not longer um and So it was very special, but I felt very much like I'd earned it. I felt like, because remember my whole story for most of my twenties was I'm going to make all my, all my mistakes in my twenties. And when I turn 30, it's going to be smooth riding. So I was like, right, ready, here we go. I'm just going to like smooth ride. That was, I think my expectation. Obviously now I'm like, oh, like there's never going to be a smooth ride as I'm with you looking for growth. But for me turning 30 was, ah, now I'm like, I'm just going to take my foot off the gas and sit in what I've built which is like not correct <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so the next question is what happened since turning 30 to make you say that
1: yeah um I think more mistakes and actually seeking i realized that I love that way of like taking action and moving forward and taking I mean taking responsibility for your life the first time you think about it is like terrifying especially if you don't like what's there and you're like shit it's my fault that i have the average relationship or the no relationship it's my fault that i have the average job or the no job whatever it might be um but then once you take that responsibility and you start getting in that driving seat you can start making decisions and creating what you want but the first thing is the shame and the guilt of like things aren't how i want them to be mm-hmm. um and then i just think I thought I would, like, slow down. If anything, I've sped up. But I feel like I'm speeding up in, like, a mature way, Whereas as I said to you, like, my big goals the past few months have been working less. Like, yesterday I took the day off, like, Friday. Wait, today's Sunday. Friday I took <laughs> the day off. And it was like, yeah, I'm taking the day off, like, on a Friday. I'm just going to do it. Whereas, like, the old me would have been like, yeah, but there's some things that I can do. And I just do low-key work. <laughs> so it was, like, stepping into – I feel like I'm getting to know a different layer of myself right now, but I'm still seeking, like, what can I do to challenge myself? What's the discomfort? For me, the discomfort is taking a Friday off work. (laughs) Like, let me do that and go through that process. Because ultimately, you know, the lifestyle that I want to build for the next decade is not one of working five, six, seven days a week (laughs) anymore.
0: And that's really in contrast to the 20-something-year-old Vicky who... You were so, you still are so ambitious, but for you, that ambition meant working all hours, all days of the week. Um, Obviously, like you said, you partied hard, but you also worked harder. Um, So I think that's amazing that you've managed like since 30 to really start to set new priorities and, and new goals, but then not have to sacrifice the success because of that.
1: Right, but I think like actually when I was 30 I think looking back I was still working like in the office 10 p.m. you know in the office at 10 p.m. at night and as you know I like literally we uprooted our life to go live in Austin, Texas which is very cool but literally sacrificing my own desires for a business that I did care about but I mean there was a breaking point there so I was already I think 31 and and I was we were on a hike and I said to my husband who is also my business partner which we can also speak about <laughs> um I said I don't I feel like I'm sacrificing my life for this problem that I want to solve in the world. And it's like costing, I mean, my neck, my back, (laughs) um, my sleeping patterns, our marriage, our relationship, being away from all of our family and friends. Like suddenly I wasn't willing to sacrifice everything of my own life. And it felt really selfish at first.
0: But it's just been like the best thing we ever did. So just so, to yeah. let the, to to inform the listeners about what you were doing at 30 to 31 till 30, mm-hmm. 32, right? And I guess mm-hmm. up until last year Um yeah. with your business, do you want to just, you you just mentioned yeah. obviously that you went to Austin and you did have a bus- business with your husband yeah. who's your business partner, but just want to explain a little bit.
1: Yeah. So I'll go back even to 2016 when I quit finance and I decided to become a coach And I think at that time, especially in England, like everyone was like, what's a coach? And even I was like, what's a coach? And so then when I moved to be with my now husband, and bear in mind, obviously I relocated a lot. We came up with this like concept of pop-up events in people's homes and using technology to solve loneliness and all this amazing stuff that I was super passionate about. And then in my brain, I was like, oh, being CEO of a tech startup is better than being a coach I really remember being like I should give more time to this tech startup than my passion and I did both which I think was awesome <laughs> um but then you know it went really well and we had I think over 400 events across three continents and and then we got into this program that required us to fly out two days after our wedding and we just like yeah let's just do it um but ultimately I never wanted be CEO of a tech startup and I think I was just running along with what felt like the professional route Mm -hmm. so yeah guys you still make mistakes after you're 30.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because you were you were still kind of stuck on that traditional uh, vision of success.
1: Yeah like this this is what I should this sounds good I mean guys when I told my family that I was leaving finance to be a coach it was like I told them that i not like I murdered someone but it wasn't it was like what are you you know less than they came from a generation of like you've been a success that like you've got like I was the pinnacle of success I was the only person in my family to go to university it was like what are you doing like you are I mean like like I said as well the people that I worked with I'm sure some of our friends thought I was bonkers um but really I had to go through that ongoing failure of trying to like please, I call it like 19-year-old Vicky. Like 19-year-old Vicky had like a lot of sass and a lot of attitude. And she knew that she was going to be CEO of a tech company by the time she was 30. And she knew she was going to be high powered and wearing like corporate dresses and she knew she was going to be like married with two kids and like all everything. She like she had no clue. She was going to do all the things. And that's what I was battling with versus listening to 30 year old Vicky and just letting my 19 year old self that thought she knew everything letting her be wrong and still loving her but like no we're not we're not tied to the thoughts and beliefs and systems that we had when we were
0: 19. Because we're constantly evolving and changing which means that what we once wanted in one season isn't necessarily what we want in another season and I'm really happy that you spoke about 19 year old Vicky because I speak about it a lot in my coaching and, and to clients that for some reason we get stuck on what Yours, your your uh, Vicky was 19, but my Emma was, I'd say, 21, like a little bit older. Um, and it's what I call the 30-year-old avatar. So what that means is that when I was 21, I s- projected, what I should have when I was 30, which exactly like you was supposed to be, I didn't necessarily think CEO, but just success, success, success in mass amounts. Um, Probably a partner in a law firm, definitely kids, definitely settled down and married, definitely on the way to owning a property, wasn't a question. Um, And what happened was I turned 30 and I had none of that. But I was still happy, you know, I still liked my life um, and I had to really talk to my 21 year old so- self and explain to her it wasn't ever supposed to be that way. And that's OK. And I think a right. lot of people forget to do that. They forget to understand that every season of life brings a new want, brings a new vision and brings a new and you need um so yeah i love that you have a 19 year old vicky and that you're in tune with her and you sounds to me like you've uh, you've updated her that things have gone differently great so i also want to talk about your coaching uh mm-hmm. and i want to hear more about i guess why you've chosen the niche that you have mm-hmm. and how that relates um mm-hmm. to your personal life
1: yeah so, yeah, for everyone listening, I really, I coach people on anxiety and procrastination and in particular the relationship between the two. And the procrastination and getting shit done side of things is really because, I mean, I came an expert by accident on this area. And... Um, and so many of us, I mean, how our brains are designed. You know, the more I look into it, are to play it safe and avoid failure and minimize the effort. And like it's like our programming isn't working for us. And as I said, I was just quite young when I started to like this, to like step away from that programming, which made it easier and easier. A lot of people come to me and they are procrastinating on their goals. They are procrastinating on their to do lists, and they and they don't know why. So then they spin in this self judgment and self criticism about it because they don't understand their brain and I I always say our brains are wired because the reason why Netflix is doing really well um yeah and I didn't even realize that I was like different in that way until I started coaching people and I was like wait the way that you think about things the way that we are programmed to think about things the way we are taught to think about things even in school like this delay to later this safety like all of this isn't working for and I'm very passionate I think every person in the world has a solution that the world needs that they need to create right because everyone has like a unique lens and unique life experience so my goal is really to help people get out of their own fucking way so that they can show up in the world and do the thing that they are un- uniquely positioned to do um now when I was people would come to me for coaching about anxiety and I would say no like anxiety that's like very extreme you need to go to the doctor like I had zero clue about it until I was CEO of a startup and I was waking up every morning in shortness of breath dripping in sweat um like super alert (laughs) and it would happen on a daily basis and Giddy would say to me like I don't think it's normal but then my day you know my day would go on I was like well I think it is because what what else is it like there's no I don't have time to stop and think about what's going on um and he kept saying it to me so this is probably around turning 30 actually and um and i spoke to a friend and she said it sounds like anxiety i was like what because like everything that i'd heard was this very extreme thing and my, you know I, I tend to get on with my day after it like i can still function and i started researching it and for me there are a few moments that stood out one was when i researched like, what is anxiety and the definition was like it's a feeling of worry unease, and uncertainty which is basically a feeling of feelings which is fucking useless like that doesn't tell me anything <laughs> So if you're feeling anxious you're only gonna feel more anxious and the second which really like smacked me in the head was a statistic that said like one in five american adults will suffer from an anxiety disorder um in their lifetime now my background in economics and statistics told me that one in five, so 20% of a population size of over 100 million is not a disorder. Like that phrase does not make sense. It's a trend and there has to be a reason for it. And then I started going into like our evolution and biology and like why it exists and brain science and all the geeky stuff that I love. And really all the information out there for me to get help was very disempowering and very like, oh, there's something wrong with you and you've got this disorder and this like pity party and I was like what the fuck like I could literally read all this and just like retreat and hide away and I was looking for a voice that was like empowering and like hey you've got anxiety it's normal there's a reason why it exists you can completely get your shit done you can handle it you've already handled it a hundred times and so I just became that voice and that's why you know it's fuck anxiety and get shit done not because I have any bad feelings with anxiety but it's like you can literally do everything. And I think, even more than that, I think a lot of people, and I'm speaking about people functioning, obviously, mm-hmm. not people that can't get out of bed. But um, like, if you are ambitious in life, you are going to experience anxiety. Anxiety is like your brain wanting you to stay safe and stay in the cave because it thinks you're going to die all the time. Right. So it's like, of course, if you are ambitious, you have like something that you want to put out in the world, to go back to like my, what I was just saying, then you are going to experience anxiety about it.
0: Yeah. And actually, I think that statistic is interesting, because what it's 20% of people, I mean, maybe I just happen to have an anxious family, an anxious group of friends. But for me, people who are anxious, not the disorder, just the feeling, it's way more than 20% of people that I know. I'd say nine out of 10 people that I know suffer with some form of anxiety linked to something that they're doing. Like you just said, it's not obviously the can't get out of bed but it's the okay something's going on with me at work i feel anxious right now okay something's Mm. bad in my relationship i'm feeling anxious right now um so i think that you know fuck the statistics really like it is a trend it is a trend and it's it's becoming more of a trend and also heightened by social media um, um
1: yeah. yeah and it's a spectrum I think every person has anxiety on a spectrum in the same way like every person has anger on a spectrum and then there's like an anger disorder but I think the way it's spoken about like literally by professionals all over the world is is misinformed that's like genuinely half feel genuinely what I go through with my clients is like yeah, you're so much more capable. A lot of people come to me as an adult and they're like, well, you know, I've been told from when I was a kid that there's something wrong with me and I need to take medication. Imagine carrying that with you your whole life, that, like, there's something wrong with you, there's something wrong with your brain. No, yeah. there's nothing wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with your brain. It's pretty really science.
0: Yeah, I know. Let me, let, let me
1: show you.
0: And I think that the response that you've had to your niche and, your, you know, your, your, your passion of kind of breaking the the what's the word like breaking the mold talking about anxiety in a really different way um the response that you've had is so positive because a lot of people agree with you and a lot of people experience this and feel like this and i mean you started your podcast what 12 months ago 13 months ago and you're on plus 50,000 downloads um maybe it's more since since we last uh since you last updated me but really like it's not a coincidence it's because people genuinely resonate with uh, this feeling of being told you're anxious okay you must take medication when it's just just not right
1: i had someone email me a few weeks ago and she said listening to the first 10 episodes of your podcast did more for me than my three years in therapy and bear in mind my episodes are like 10 minutes long so it's not like and it's just like i think you're right i think people were calling out for this like fresh voice of like what there's another way let me just like and very like logically explaining simple things that get your mind thinking differently about it that's the point really
0: and how does this relate to getting shit done because you mentioned that you you coach on anxiety and then the link between this and procrastination so just interested to hear like how you what you think about the link yeah it's like once
1: we're already feeling anxious about something we're more likely to procrastinate the more we procrastinate the more anxious we feel and we just end up spinning in that loop and then then like self-judgment and self-criticism around it versus like so we stay in the problem and i'm all about inviting people's brains to start thinking about the solution our brain loves spinning in the problem by the way because it's wired to keep us safe and conserve our energy and avoid failure and rejection and as long as we are spinning in the problem We aren't doing anything. We aren't um, taking action out of our comfort zone. We're not, even if it's not business related, we're not like asking someone on a date. We're just like spinning about should I or shouldn't I? Well, then you're definitely going to avoid rejection. And your brain's like, great, because if we got rejected, you know, throughout history by tribes, Mm -hmm. when we were on our own, we were going to die. So let's avoid rejection at all Mm -hmm. costs. And we're we're just believing it. We just believe our brain's bullshit all the time. We're like, oh, my brain says... My brain says that I shouldn't, um, you know, apply for this job or ask for a raise. So I'm not going to ask for the raise. Your brain thinks you're going to die. You're not <laughs> going to die. You could be told no, you're not getting a raise, and you would survive. Your brain thinks not. Like your cave woman brain. That's what I call
0: it. Yeah. So cave woman brain never wants to make a decision. And I know that's something like indecision is something very negative. Is what you speak about a lot on your podcast and your coaching. Um, so. I think from my experience personally of, of turning 30 and working with clients who really want to make a change, for example, to leave a job, let's just say the, you know, the job example, um, and they come to me very much wanting to to make this change, but not wanting to make a decision. What advice can you give to somebody who's in that place of indecision?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, indecision is a huge indecision perfectionism people pleasing these are like all underneath procrastination and anxiety for sure um indecision like when you sit in indecision your brain is very happy because you are very safe and you are staying alive but when you sit in indecision you are knocking away at your confidence consistently like the long it's not like it gets easier with time i think that's one of the lies we're told is like oh i should spend time on decisions happen in an instant for anyone listening think about a decision that you made to apply for a job or move to a country or go on a date or any relationship Like you think it took time but it happened in an instant and as long as we sit in, in decision, not moving forward it's like literally what is it when you think what is it where you stand in it and you, and you think quicksand sand. quicksand quicksand quicksand, quicksand. it's like standing in quicksand when you are in indecision everything in your life that you want requires a decision you don't get there without a decision there's no other way to do it and the reason why people don't want to make a decision is because they think there's a right and wrong decision so for everyone listening there is no there is never a right and wrong decision right like if i decided not to go back to finance that second time I could say, well, that was the wrong decision, but it wasn't because I wouldn't be here now. You have to always be willing to learn and always be willing to take from the experience. And then there's no wrong decision. The reason, again, that we don't make the decision is because we are afraid that we are going to do something wrong. And I promise you, the only way to do something wrong is to not make a decision. You are sat in the worst place to be. Because even if you decide, let's even say in a couple, if you decide to break up, and then that makes you realize that you love that person. Amazing, you figured it out. If you decide to break up, it makes you realize you love that person and they don't want to take you back. You will survive. Like Our brain is like, I can't leave this comfort in case it's like the safest place to be. But it's like, no, you can't sit in indecision or in averageness afraid of like, the great potential a great afraid of the failure like I think you'll agree Em like a lot of our success and a lot of the best things in our lives have come from making the wrong decisions
0: I could not that ended up being right I could not agree more and I love how this links back to what we were speaking about at the start of uh, this episode about our 20s and about how we said how you know we messed up things or, or we made these decisions think about all of those decisions they were decisions that we made and you know they were never wrong even if at some time after we made them they felt wrong or there was times when we questioned them it doesn't matter they weren't wrong because they brought us to where we are today and imagine if we just hadn't made them, like, where would we be right now? Would you be, you know, married to your teenage uh, sweetheart living at home? You know, we speak about this a lot, living uh, at home next to your parents, you would never have traveled, you wouldn't have gone anywhere, you might have a few kids now. And although that wouldn't have necessarily been the wrong decision for, you know, 16 year old Vicky, it's not the Vic who you are today. Um, And it's not that that was the right decision for you to lead you to where you are now I think about it honestly all the time especially I think because we are individuals who have have actually made a lot of decisions over the years well that's it I call it becoming a decision-making ninja like that's essentially you want to be in a
1: place you are constantly making conscious decisions because as you say we're constantly evolving so the decisions that I make today are more in line with what I want than the decisions that I make a week ago or a year ago so I think it's true it's like how like and a lot of people are uncomfortable making decisions but the better you get at making decisions the more your life is going to move forward and exactly like one of the things we spoke about earlier like why am I able to how, how does my ambition show up now if I'm not if it's not in overworking? It's in making rapid decisions that like put me into different games and get me on different podcasts and different you know speaking at different events and whatever it is because I just like go in and decide and and take action on those decisions versus like should I or shouldn't I?
0: Yeah, no, I I really uh, I really resonate with it and I think that a lot of listeners who are in a transitional time in their life will also resonate with it. Uh, and also a lot of things that you speak about in your in your coaching and uh, your content, because, uh, you know, things like self judgment and self criticism. And um, these are things that I think as young women, 30 plus women, um, we battle with it a lot, you know, of how things we think things should be or how we think things should look. And it's mm-hmm. something that I feel very passionately about um, trying to break that kind of mold, that stereotype. Yeah. Like when I first started coaching, every woman that I coach was like,
1: everything good in my life is like luck. I was just lucky. And everything bad in my life is totally my fault and responsibility. I'm, an a, I'm a terrible person. And it really like ignited something in me of like, this has been taught to us. It's not a coincidence that every woman all over the world I speak to, like it's been taught to us somewhere. There's like a miscommunication. There's like errors in how we are taught through school systems, through society, through media, whatever it is, where like people, genuine, like women, one of the big things that I love working with women to do is like learn to fucking compliment yourself. Like, oh no, I don't want to be arrogant. I'm like, if you like, what are you thinking? If, if your biggest worry is being arrogant, like, own what you are good at. We are never taught to like, be like, yeah, like, I'm an amazing writer. I could write a book. Like, people, you know, I could write a bestseller. Like, I could write, I, I like writing, but, you know, I'm, I'm probably just like, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, why? Own what you are good at. And we're not doing that enough as women, and it's something I'm very passionate about because I just see that trend of, like, oh, I'm just, I'm just lucky that I got this job.
0: No, you're not. Yeah, it's a psychological theory. I have to excuse my lack of ability to reference it off the top of my head, but that women attribute their successes to luck and their failures to their own, their faults in themselves. It's just like you said, and men do the opposite, which is why men are so much better at going in for interviews and jobs because they're able to own what they've done and they don't think, oh, it's just something that's just happened to me. And women have this... uh, ability or this kind of uh what's the word they have this um tendency tendency is the word i was looking for thank you uh, they have this tendency to um to you know never take responsibility for something good happening and it's almost like it's it's a a superstition in a way they don't want to say that I'm responsible for that or or that something good happened because of because of what I did and the work I did and what I put out in the world it's interesting
1: that's so interesting that it's a theory because I didn't know that. that but I have seen it and and I do think it's part I think it's can for sure be explained by science. I think everything can be explained by science, just everyone knows, like the human brain and how we've evolved, and um, even like women are nurturers or givers. Like I don't know the science behind it, but I'm pretty sure. We could. Find, I'm, I'm a very logical person. Like I see every problem has a solution, and every answer has a question. Not the other way around. Um, you know, sometimes it's annoying. My my brother said to me actually this weekend, you always have an answer for everything, and I do. But I think for sure, like there's got to be science explaining it. But here's the thing: if the science is explaining it and creating that,
0: then we can change it. Yeah. So you believe in the science, but you also believe that we have to take that science and what and manipulate it and and change our behavior according to it. Well, I think we get to, here's the thing, we get to choose who we are. I was speaking to one of our mutual friends a few weeks ago and,
1: you know, now I have like my schedule and my weeks and I'm just highly organized and efficient in how I work. And, and I've known her since we were like babies and we said something and she was like, bitch. You were not like this. You were the disorganized one. You were the like, I made 17 plans and now I need to like bring everyone together and, and like and I let people down and you were always like running around and, and I changed that about me. Like everyone listening, like everything is moldable. If you think that you are, you know, highly disorganized, that's temporary. If you think that you are you know, I'm afraid of public speaking. I mean, I was that person, and now I, I love it. I love it because I did it terribly enough times to be good at it. Like whatever you think your shortcomings are, yeah, procrastinate. I can. I mean, I literally take people from procrastinating to getting shit done consistently and blowing their minds by like disproving what their brain thinks. So a common thought error is our brains basically think that we can do way too much in a short amount of time like 20 things in a day and way too little in a year. So we end up failing every day at doing all the things versus like, I'm only going to get five things done today. I'm going to get five things done every fucking day. So by the end of the month, I have like 100 things done instead of, I'm going to try to do 20 things every day, sit in overwhelm, spin, judge, and then at the end of the week still have all those things to do with. also feel less confident that I can do anything because I'm getting further and further away from the things. So it's like all these, I think everything is like, totally moldable and changeable if you want to do it and I think that's really what coaching
0: gives people that's what coaching is it's the last sentence you said it's if you want to do it if you are ready to make the change then you can make the change and what I uh work a lot with is confidence because people Mm -hmm. think they're born with confidence or they're not and people say it all the time well I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm not a confident person I can you know this is also linked to for example public speaking but just in general I hear a lot of people say I'm just not a confident person I'm never going to have that confidence and I'm like hold up confidence isn't a gene it's not like you got born with it and now you don't have it so you're never going to be that you need to build it and there's a million different ways it's a muscle yeah and there's a million different ways you can build confidence and we need to figure out and work out which which one of those will work for you to make you feel like you have confidence but the first thing you have to do and this is like the ethos of all my coaching is that you have to understand that everything comes from you like, if you mm-hmm. want to do something, then you'll do it. If not, you won't do it. Like, that's it. Right. It's interesting because, um, you know, if someone,
1: if someone wants, I, I think everyone should have a coach. Obviously, I'm like, it's going to blow your fucking mind. But if someone doesn't want a coach and I was to be like, I'm going to work with you anyway, they're not going to get the results. Like, you have to be bought into it. I think that's a really important thing. Um, and like if you're listening to this and you don't know so much about coaching, either chat with Emma if, if that's appropriate or me if that's if what I do is appropriate or someone else. But like chat with someone, don't just sit and like, I don't know if it's for me or not. Like if you are curious and you are interested in finding out more, I don't think I know a single like I don't think I know a single coach not covering a single area, right? Chat to someone, find out about if it's right for you or not. We don't know what we don't know. Um, if you are stuck or you are in a rut or you are needing confidence or you are not getting shit done or you feel like your time is flashing before your eyes and your brain's like, mm, I don't know. Like, you know what to do, just chat with someone. You might decide coaching isn't for me and that's fine. But would you not rather be in that decision rather than the indecision of, I don't know? And like a year later, I don't know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Couldn't agree more. um So it's time to wrap it up. I do have one last question. Um, for everyone listening, um, I want you to give a couple of pieces of advice for people who are turning 30 or in their early 30s and who are struggling to get things done. You know, struggling to get shit done, want to make a change. I know we've spoken a lot here of different uh, you know ways to do it, and you've already given some amazing uh, pills of wisdom. but if you can kind of narrow that down, what advice would you give?
1: I'm going to give one piece of advice because I like it to be very focused. And that one piece of advice is to focus on one thing, one area. So often people come to me and they're like, I'm trying to do all the things. I'm going to like lose the weight, launch the book, build the blog, do the YouTube. I'm also going to like get out there and date. Like, you know, and it's like, basically what you're doing then is allowing your brain to, our brain always wants to be comfortable. So it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, cut back on eating chocolate until it comes to writing the book because when I write the book I'm really stressed so then I'll eat the chocolate and then when I'm really stressed and I eat the chocolate then I drink the wine but I'm also trying to drink less but I'm also trying to like run a marathon trying to do all these things means that you are going to 10% all of them or even 50% all of them which means you're not going to succeed in any of them but you'll continue to feed the belief that you have which is that you can't get shit done pick one thing get it fucking done. Have one priority. For me, like recently, my priority was my business. Now my priority is time off, right? Like that comes first. Like I know that when I'm going for a walk, when I say I'm going for a walk, because I, like it's important for me to get time away from my computer. And if that means that I don't get to be on someone's podcast interview, then I'm okay with it, right? I'm like, yeah, I've done that phase. That phase is done. Like really pick one area in your life as your baby. And... To add on to that slightly, um, so even my morning routine, like what I started with was just doing 10 minutes yoga every day and I did that for a year. That was all I had to do, just 10 minutes yoga. Like, yeah, it would be nice to meditate and do self-coaching and go for a walk and all this stuff that, like, I actually do now, but I didn't do then like pick something small and consistent and you'll flourish. Like I have some clients that are doing 10 minutes of reading a book in the morning or 10 minutes of physical exercise. And we think like, Oh, I need to do like an hour or it's nothing, but more important than the than the like physical results is the mental, mental results of like, Oh, I can consistently do something like make it easy. I don't care if it's easy, but just show your brain that you can consistently do something on a daily or even Monday to Friday basis and watch yourself transform because you are building a trust with yourself you will do things that you say you will do which is more important than any short-term goals
0: yeah i really really agree with that and i think that the more that you make progress even on these small goals everyday goals that just shows a commitment to yourself that will then build confidence and you know build trust with who you are uh, yes. so i love that um great so thank you so so much it was amazing talking to you as always we did joke before that maybe someone should just listen to our our regular phone calls and we should just <laughs> record it because that's you know almost what we, we speak about every time um where can listeners find out more about you okay perfect so go to vickylouise.com. it's v-i-k-k-i
1: l-o-u-i-s-e.com and if you do com forward slash guide you can actually get my free fuck anxiety guide which is great and um also obviously check out the podcast it's called fuck anxiety and get shit done but it's spelt the polite way so it's f asterisk ck anxiety and if you type that in it will come up anyway um and i'm on instagram as well at vickiluise underscore 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 but if you were to pick one i would say pick the podcast because I don't want to overwhelm you. Because I know what our brains are like, should I follow her on Instagram? <laughs> should I check out the podcast? Should I go to the
0: website? Pick the podcast. I've decided for you. <laughs> Pick the podcast. But I say do all the things. And I, I'll <laughs> leave in the show notes um, all of Vic's details. So thank you so much and have a great day. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. It has. <laughs> Bye. Bye.